0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. Have you dealt with ableism, or segregation even, due to your own neurodivergency? Well, my next guest Raquel has done such that. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage as we dive in and talk with Raquel. See you there. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside Asperger Studios. Today I'm joined with my guest, Raquel. Welcome to the show, Raquel.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and we'll get started.
1: Sure. So my name is Raquel. I'm 36 years old. I was diagnosed about a year ago. And I'm a content creator. I'm a digital marketer. And yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at right now.
0: (laughs) So you were diagnosed last year.
1: Yes, a little. Yeah, last year. Yeah, I always mix up the dates because I got my diagnosis a year after my son. So I will. I'm always confused. Like, (laughs) was (laughs) I diagnosed two years ago? One year ago? Yeah, yeah. It was a year ago. Yeah.
0: So. What was it like being diagnosed, being like the female on the spectrum?
1: Um, well, it definitely, the diagnosis definitely brought um, like a whole new level of self acceptance. Like it, like it really, really helped me. Um, you know, look back without judging myself so much anymore mm-hmm. like I got my answers for many of the things that I didn't understand for many of the things that, that maybe I, I didn't like etc cetera, etc cetera. um so being a, a woman on the spectrum is definitely uh, a, an experience that some people may not understand because sometimes we mask and we tend to imitate or mimic what other women around us are doing. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: we kind of go under the radar. Um, And yeah, that's why many of us are late diagnosed or when most people, yeah. I know some people that, some women that are diagnosed when they are 47, 52, like really later in life. But it's important to, you know, identify as an autistic when you are autistic because it brings you a lot of peace. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I see it.
0: <laughs> now, what is the support system like out there in Switzerland? Is it, are they very comforting? Are they understanding?
1: Mm, in my experience, people, for instance, they, um, the educational system tends to go towards segregation mm. more than integration. So the teachers really aren't prepared and many people don't can't believe it. Like when I say this in Mexico, they are like, "Oh, no way!" But it's Switzerland. Yeah, but yes, that's that's how it goes. Like ableism is everywhere, like in every country. So yeah, teachers aren't prepared. People mm, they don't really know a lot about autism. Like they they have this idea, like the the little boy who can't speak and uh, does a lot of stimming and such um but they don't really know what it means they just think it's like a disability and they think it's the same well it is a disability but they they confuse it with um intellectual disability most time most most of the time so yeah people they aren't necessarily rude but they also don't know what autism means so yeah
2: <laughs>
0: no, you mentioned ableism, though. That room—that's the question that I've been wanting to ask you—is how? When was the first time you've encountered that on your on your own or with family, and how do you mm. deal with it?
1: Well, before my diagnosis, or even yeah, before my son's diagnosis, I didn't even knew that word existed. Like I thought, it was just maybe discrimination, but I didn't know there was a word to to name uh, oppression and violence and discrimination against disabled people. So it's definitely it definitely shows that unless you are related to someone who's on the spectrum or who's to someone who's disabled, you don't know. Like it's it's everywhere, but nobody sees that, right? Um, before being diagnosed. I uh, definitely encountered ableism but i didn't know it was but now what i can remember is you know this pressure to perform in an holistic or neurotypical way mm-hmm. right in terms of work like i could never attain attain a job for more than two three years that was the most that i lasted and now i know it was because i had a lot of accommodations right that i didn't know there were accommodations but i was so happy at that job because i could make my own hours i could go to the office or i couldn't like it was there was a lot of freedom and the communication was really open and everything was uh, written and all these accommodations that you need at work for i didn't know i needed them but i was so happy there and i didn't know why i was so happy but now i know why <laughs> so in terms of uh, of ableism yeah that this pressure to perform and this and you know um to have a job and to help hold a job and all those things um also yeah like i never knew why i was like so tired all the time what why it took me longer to like recover after any social event be it from work or with family i was like trained afterwards and mm-hmm. i couldn't never understand why and people would say like yeah like you disappear or you are cold or you are like all these ideas and and it really hurt me like in my self-esteem because I didn't know why I was like this right and like I said it's all all those expectations um, that the society puts on us and then after being diagnosed I communicated um, my diagnosis with my family and uh, the people that I um, meet oftentimes so I did it via WhatsApp <laughs> because like I couldn't I couldn't I, I didn't know how to communicate it um you know orally or verbally. Uh and one person told me like, yeah, that's why no, she 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 said, um, yeah, you and your whole family are autistic or, or have autism, you know. And yeah, you are all weird and yeah, that's why you hurt me so many years ago and I was like what (laughs) like yeah like maybe i was a shitty person i don't know (laughs) (laughs) maybe i still am but that 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 has nothing to do with being autistic right Mm -hmm. so um yeah it was it hurt it definitely hurt but i was like okay this person doesn't know anything about autism so i i worked through it with you know um, my community of people that i've met online and uh, yeah it it definitely helped me like overcome that but yeah you know and the 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 things people say like for my son one one person gave us me and my husband they they gave us um a book about a cure for autism and and these therapies and you know it's it's really Mm. like well, like well-meaning people, like they have great intentions, but their impact is hurtful, and mm-hmm. they don't know, and you don't know what to do because this person, for instance, um, she's an older woman, she's like eighty or so, so it's like mm, I don't think she will understand even. I mean, even if I try to explain to her, she may feel like we are attacking her, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing that yeah I still encounter every day
0: yeah i understand that i mean there are people out there who think there is a cure for autism but there really isn't i mean Mm -hmm. there is no cure and nowadays if someone would come up if someone would come up to you today and say could you would you get rid of your autism what would you say yes or no
1: i would say no because that's what makes me unique like everyone everyone's unique and everyone has their own thing right Mm -hmm. but if I wasn't autistic, I wouldn't have like this interesting, you know, um this interesting like passions, right? I wouldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't focus as much in my passions as as I would like, right? It would be maybe something that wouldn't bring me joy. So for me, now no i would say no i I wouldn't get rid of it because it helps me a lot like yeah it, it, it is a disability and sometimes yeah i'm really tired and and i really struggle emotionally especially um i i yeah i go to therapy like there are a lot of things that i still need support with like for instance eating or drinking water um i could spend days without drinking water and that's not healthy right and for eating i need people to remind me that hey let's let's eat right so people think because i speak to the camera and i can use the computer or or the microphone that that i don't need accommodations and that i don't need support but i do need a lot of support it's just different from what other people need
0: so those are some of the issues. what other issues do you face being on the spectrum i mean that sounds like you would be considered what a level two
1: yeah and it's funny because my diagnosis says level one but that's that makes no sense because yeah yeah
0: because you need to be reminded when to eat when to drink yes it's like your executive functioning is there but there is no reminder in your head saying hey you got to drink you got to eat
1: exactly like i i yeah, I hyper-focus a lot on, on things and I, I, could, I could spend a lot of time without eating, drinking. Uh, uh, also, I have this like rumination, like these thoughts going on and on and on in my head. I can focus on, on, on things that can hurt me emotionally. Like I hurt myself emotionally if I focus on, on, on some thoughts, right? Um. So yeah, yeah, I definitely I definitely think my my biggest struggles come from the emotional side. Like from emotionally, I I could say I'm I'm definitely on level two. Like, of course I I disagree with all this leveling because as you can see, for some things I'm level one, for other things I'm level two. But when I'm on, on a burnout, like I don't even leave my bed, like I'm in bed all day with my curtains closed. So people will, could say, oh, then she's level three on a bad day. Like I have um, situational mutism. So it's like, it's, it's it really is a spectrum and it really is like, you. it's, um, how do you say? I would say it's like a dynamic disability. Maybe yesterday I was able to eat, but today I wasn't. Maybe tomorrow I won't be able to eat either, or maybe I will like it depends it really depends on the day and it really depends on what's happening in my life um so yeah yeah that those are some of my struggles
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start advocating for yourself
1: um first i started advocating for my kid right so um little by little i realized like i really um see what people mean like I can really understand what what people mean right so I started to you know uh, this Instagram profile yeah like two years ago yeah and so um, yeah it was well received I think before I I had my diagnosis people like other autistic people saw me like an ally and uh, then when I pursued you know my professional or official diagnosis, um, I was able to be even more vocal about mm-hmm. the needs of autistic people. But I, was, I always say I'm like a, this um, autism mom in recovery, because I, I made a lot of mistakes at the beginning. For sure, we all do you know, diagnosis, you're never prepared because like I said, ableism is everywhere, but you just never see it until you get a diagnosis in your family. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah, I decided to open up the Instagram profile because I, I thought not enough people are like, from, from the alistic side, when I thought I was holistic, I thought like, yeah, no, not, there, are, there aren't many alistic people defending what autistic people are saying, and then yeah, things evolved and progressed, and then I, di- yeah, I discovered that I was that I am autistic too, and so yeah, that's how things are have been have evolved.
0: Now, do you have any hyper focuses like things you really like you info dump on people, things you really love?
1: Yes. (laughs) My husband is always telling me, how do you know all these things? (laughs) Why? (laughs) It's so random. (laughs) (laughs) So my my special interests or my passions, right, are um, like pop culture, like things that maybe people don't seem to understand or find the, the words like what's the the use of these things, right? Like some uh, uh, facts about a movie or an actor or an actress. Um, another thing is um, techno music. I have people uh, you know, asking me, uh, where's this party, and what DJs are playing, and how do they play, and what's this, and what's that, and I, I, I know the answers, and so people are like, "What? Well, how do you know that?" <laughs> well, it's it's my my profound interest as well, um, and yeah, I've, I've had many. Like I was so focused when I was a twin, I was super like a the huge a huge fan of Robin Robby Williams. Sorry, mm. the, the the singer. I had like a, this the biggest crush and I knew all his life and it was like, yeah, but it was normal, right? Because I was, I was 12, 13, 14, and so for my family, it was like, yeah, she's, you know, so interested in guys and or boys and, you know, she's growing up and, but they, they never saw it, like, maybe I could be neurodivergent or anything, right? It was like normal for them, <laughs>
0: but yeah, and, yeah. So now, do you have ADHD as well?
1: Uh, no, one of my siblings does. No, actually, two of my siblings, yeah. But I, I've been I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking, like, maybe, maybe do I have it? Or just, maybe I'm, I'm just in burnout all the time. <laughs> That's why my executive <laughs> functioning is not really helping me. Uh, but yeah, my two siblings, they, they do have uh, ADHD.
0: Now, have you heard of an app called Chemo? Uh, no, no. Temo can really help you when with everything regarding reminding you to eat and drink. It's a visual planner for those of us who have ADHD, ASD, and it goes. It's free on the computer, and, and they have a really affordable uh, monthly price if you want to put it onto your phone and sync it. And it's basically a little reminder basically Mm. you set you you create routines and you tell it when you like you set a routine for when you want to remind you to eat dinner when you want to drink something i use it every day because it reminds me to get up get dressed brush my teeth Mm. work on my blog meditate and everything else it's really great
1: yeah i'm gonna try it i don't know like the older i get the more support I need in, in terms of, of being reminded of, of doing these things. Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe I'm just allowing myself to, to receive the help that I deserve. And that's why maybe I notice
0: it more now than before. Now, do you have any sensitivity issues to light, sound, smell?
1: Yeah, definitely smell. That's the first I noticed when, when uh, me and the psychologist were working on my, my diagnosis, like definitely smell. Um, Second, I would say light, sunlight, especially. And third, I would say sound. So those are like my my main sensitivities. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, are you able to go outside without wearing headphones or do you need headphones to help like dampens the outside stimulation?
1: Mm, I wear headphones mostly because listening to music uh, helps me with my social anxiety. Uh, I honestly, I barely leave the house. That's another thing. People (laughs) think like, like I'm like super out there. Like, yeah, maybe I go to a techno party, for instance, because it's my special interest once or twice a month. Uh, But uh, I barely leave the house like I spend most of my days here I may so there are weeks where I don't even go out to pick up the mail at the you know so it's it's like that um, so when I have to go out or when I want to go out uh, yeah I prefer to go listening to music to help me with my social anxiety no. uh, and then yeah I do use it also because you know here on the trains they have these announcements of the next station and it's like way too loud sometimes and i also wear um sunglasses inside the train because those those um lights are terrible for me yeah
0: now how do you deal with overstimulation like if you're out or even if you're with your husband and your son and yeah. you just get overstimulated by sound and light and everything do you need to get someplace quiet
1: yeah, yeah, when we do go out, it's what helps me with overstimulation is bring prepare bringing like steam tools or toys. Mm-hmm. Um, also keeping in mind that we if we go out, maybe we go out for two, three hours. if I prepare myself and say it's just two, three hours, just two, three hours. Then that that helps me a little bit to you know, um, cope. But I definitely when I when I need to go, I I need to go and I just leave. Like that, that's another thing. My my friends when I was younger, they could never understand why I always left without saying goodbye, and they were so annoyed and worried. when I was like, I'm sorry, I just need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> to this day and 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 now if. If I meet someone, um, which obviously doesn't happen very often, <laughs> but if I do meet someone new and at a party or something, I just say, "Hey, I, I'm gonna leave, and maybe I won't say goodbye, but don't worry. Like, I, I'll be okay. It's not about you. It's not <laughs> because I dislike you. I just, I'm just like this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, have you ever had any meltdowns before?
1: Yes, yes, um, especially because I like I just all the time I just wanted to you know be part of events and parties especially when I was a teenager right I always wanted to fit in so part of that was going to the movies going to parties etc um and so to cope I started drinking mm. and after drinking many times I had meltdowns but people took it as like maybe I'm, I'm like a messy drunk, right? Um, but now I understand those were meltdowns. I was so overstimulated and, and masking and everything. And it, yeah, it was a huge, a huge, um, very, um, yeah, it was this period of time when I, I just couldn't find any other way to, to cope, to mask, except by using alcohol. So, yeah, now I understand that. And after a few times of several meltdowns, when I was younger, I decided to obviously drink less.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and, yeah, like check what kind of friendships or supposed friendships I had and, you know, try to change who I, I was friends with, etc., etc. But, yeah, it was a huge, a huge process that I had to discover all by myself because I didn't know I was autistic. So, if I knew, maybe I could have um, avoided all that shame that comes after a meltdown, right? Um, But yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Do you have a quiet place where, like, say, your day is just so overstimulated, you go to, like, a special room in your house where it's specifically set for you, where the lighting is lowered and the music is calmer? To help you calm down?
1: Mm, definitely my room. And I ask my husband to take care of the kid when <laughs> when I can take when I when when I can't, you know, when I can't do it anymore. Um, so if any mom is out there listening to this, you know, um you're not a bad mom for asking for help. You're not a bad mom if if you need accommodations. Like it is what it is. And just as our kids deserve support and accommodations, we also deserve that. We, we need to be okay in order to take care of our loved ones. So, yeah, I definitely say, you know what? I can't right now. And I, um, I'm overwhelmed. So please, you know, help me. And, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have someone that understands that part and supports me. And if he, And if he can't, we ask for help to my mother-in-law or my mom. So, yeah, we're, we definitely have a support system as a family.
0: Now, when did you come to the conclusion that um, Autism Speaks is not the organization everyone thinks it is?
1: By listening to autistic people, what they had to say, <laughs> by looking at the evidence. Once you understand that disability is not something to be ashamed of, once you understand disability is not a burden to the state, a burden to the you know uh, social security system or health systems, then you can see why they are you know autism speaks rhetoric is just violent, and it's not what people actually need in order to achieve um, like total liberation, right? Mm-hmm. If we're it it doesn't go with disability rights it's the contrary to it
0: now this is a two-part question one when did you become a vegetarian and two do you have any issues of eating because you are a vegetarian
1: yeah um i started like two three years ago you know it was the worst part of the pandemic i think so i think um it made me realize okay what is my part in this world right what can i do to make things a little bit better if not for me maybe for my kid right because he will be here Mm -hmm. and and when i'm gone so what what can i do and yeah i started to look into you know facts and figures about the meat and dairy industry and how it affects you know the environment and so yeah i was like yeah why not let's let's try it and i started little by little um and regarding like the the change right and yeah it, it, that's why i started little by little because of course i don't take change very well so i didn't want to put extra pressure on myself uh, so i started with Chicken and then uh, meat and then pork and then etc. So, the difficult part, of course, is the textures. Textures are different when you eat tofu and tempeh and no, no, seitan, you know, these other uh, plant based substitutes for meat. Um, so yeah that took me a while to get used to it but it i i I found that it's more about how you cook it it's definitely try and an error and try again so yeah but now i think i got it so i'm 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 way happier now
0: (laughs) (laughs) now are you eating plant-based products as well
1: yeah, at the beginning I did, because like I said, I, I didn't know how to cook all these new ingredients. So I was like, okay, maybe I will start with these uh, substitutes. And then and then I, I will work my way through the kitchen and <laughs> <laughs> understand how to cook the, the new ingredients. But yeah, that's how I started. Of course, not everyone can do it. Some of the products are uh, expensive. Some aren't. So yeah. Not everyone can do it right away, and that's okay. Also, there's no
0: pressure. Right? I mean, it's like going gluten-free. I mean, everything non-gluten is expensive.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, I haven't tried the gluten-free uh, diet. Mm, I haven't found that I have any kind of, you know, um, reactivity when I eat gluten so far. Uh, so. I still eat gluten and yeah I don't know if I start feeling worse after I eat something with gluten then I will definitely stop but so far I haven't had any problems you know with, with gluten.
0: Now do you look at people differently now knowing now that you are on the spectrum as opposed to when you weren't?
1: mm yeah i think before i i used to compare myself a lot to other people and it really brought me a lot of mental health issues and self-esteem issues so now i just try to see them for who they are like this person is like this i can decide right i got back my agency like i can decide if i want to keep meeting this person or not i can decide What's my my whole role in a in any relationship, be it at work or new maybe new friends or whatever, or even relatives? Like I get to decide. So I try also not to judge people as much. I was super judgy,
2: mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now yeah, it, it helped me to not judge people. So just take him take them as they are and decide if I want to have a relationship with this person or not and that's that has helped me a lot It's less now, of how, a burden now
0: <laughs> Now, how do you deal with socialization in general say you're going to a family party? Do you have a limit to how long you and your family are there for and then just say I gotta go? Do you explain it to them? Do they understand? Mm,
1: yeah, yeah, they do understand like I prefer if we plan things ahead, maybe two, three, even weeks before, maybe a month before. Um, and yeah, yeah, they, they understand that, you know, I have so many spoons. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, they, they do definitely understand. But they don't take it the wrong way.
0: And finally, where can people find out more about you?
1: So um my Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and TikTok profiles are on are all in Spanish, and it's at Autismo Incondicional. So if there are any Spanish speaking people that listen to this, yeah, feel free to follow and yeah, hit me up.
0: <laughs> and that's it, everyone. That was Raquel, and you can find out more about her from from her social links, which I'll hopefully leave in the li- in the description below. Thank you, Raquel, for coming on the show. Thank you. You're very welcome.
2: How I miss the way things used to be. I'm no big fan of that. I must have some sweeter memories Somewhere in the clouds All you used to be Gonna miss all you had Consigned to the dustbins of history Like opinions from your dead. Talk to the freaks, you can talk to just about anybody you happen to meet. It ain't what it was, and it is what it is. Time to move.